Blog Talk Radio. Contact Save S A V A E dot org. Uh, they're on Facebook and they also do some live shows. And you can listen to them for free on YouTube and you can also get their CD on Amazon. I'm your host and friend, Reverend Sean McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to focus on 
the tenet that Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I am a Christian recovery, and all Bibles will be out of the Ryrie Study Bible. And, of course, you can use any Bible you wish. Um, I have had many spiritual experiences and gifts from God and in gratitude. We have ongoing Bible readings every Sunday morning. And uh, we we just we also read out of the guideposts, uh, little stories out of there, and um, that's we just uh, just focus on being spiritual just for a few minutes out of Sunday day. And uh, let's see, I'd like to I I do have some birthdays this morning. I'd like to wish Marissa Marcel a very happy birthday. God bless you. And I also want to wish Kim Carlsberg and Sylvia Schultz. Very happy birthday, and I wish you much prosperity and happiness throughout the year ahead. Now, let's say our opening prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we pray for all the Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and lives are in great jeopardy. And those whose lives are taken for distorted and evil reasons, we believe they have become martyrs. And that they're, they're in heaven with our heavenly Jesus. We pray for all those who are suffering from violence here and at home and abroad. We pray for those who are sick in mind and body and those who are lonely and uncomforted. Please, God, forgive us our sins. We pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their own homes and freedom from addiction. We pray for freedom from all kinds of addiction, God. Please, God, send your Archangel Michael to fight against evil and protect all of us and all the little ones and all your angels to watch over everyone. Our prayers go out to all those who suffer in the world, including the animals who can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers. They have many decisions to make, and we are praying for all countries for problems of suffering all over the world. We want to thank you, God, and we ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care. We thank everybody, and God, please keep everybody in their prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, now, last week, let's go through a summary. Last week was Second Corinthians chapter 1, and uh, here's the notes on this. Um, hey there, Corinthians, it's Paul again. Did you miss him? This time Paul tells everybody that he's the one writing, but that he's also got his fellow apostle, Timothy, to help him revive. Two is better than one we get. Paul starts by giving thanks to his Corinthians. Yes, nice one, Paul. Letter them up. Anyway, he tells them that God has been there for him when they are all getting their rear ends kicked. Anyway, Paul also makes reference to a scary incident in Asia where he and some friends almost died. Save them in the nick of time, just as he always does. Paul wants Paul Paul wants the Corinthians to to stick with what they had been learning from Paul, and uh, he wants them to know he has to give them some blunt but sincere advice. Anyway, so keep that in mind. Anyway, he never visits anymore, and Paul knows the Corinthians are a tiny bit mad at him because he said he was going to visit, but he didn't. 
And it's not like Paul did this for his own selfish reasons. He's on God's time and no worries, though, because all God's promises will eventually be fulfilled. So Paul is going to crash in their guest room next week. Right? Anyway, uh, let's go on to read this chapter. And these letters, the beginning letters are actually him explaining why he didn't wasn't there and problems he's having and things like that. So they open up uh, a little bit different than the rest of the chapters we've been reading. So we're going to now 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And it's a short one. But I determined this for my own sake, that I would not come to you in sorrow again. For if I cause you sorrow, who then makes me glad but the one who I made sorrowful? This is the very thing I wrote you, so that when I came, I would not have sorrow from those who ought to make me rejoice, having confidence in you that all my joy would be the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not so that you would be made sorrowful, but that you would know the love which I have especially for you. And then it says, the change in the offender's punishment. But if any has caused sorrow, he has caused sorrow, not to me, but in some degree, in order not to say too much to all of you. Sufficient for such a one is this punishment for is inflicted by the majority, so that on the contrary, you should rather forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, such a one might be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Wherefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him, and to this end also I wrote, so that I might put you to the test, whether you are obedient in all things. But one whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of the schemes than the meeting with Titus. Now, when I came to Troas and for the gospel of Christ, and when a door was open for me in the Lord, I had no rest for my spirit, not finding Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, for I went on to Macedonia and then the apostolic ministry, the confidence of the ministry and the victory. Anyway, we're on 14. But thanks to be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God, among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. The one an aroma from death to death, from the other an aroma from life to life. And who is adequate for these things? For we are not like many peddling the world, word of God, but as a sincerity, but as from God. We speak in Christ in the sight of God. That That's his explanation in this letter. So let's go ahead and read the notes. The meaning of this, uh, Corinthians 2.2, is if I hurt you, who will be left to take, make me glad but sad people? That wouldn't be any comfort. And then he wrote, says, I wrote to you. See the introduction to the Second Corinthians for discussion of the sorrowful letter. Any, and it says, in reference to church, to someone in church who had been censured by the church for something he did, not likely the same person as the incestuous man of one. By a majority, the rebel had been punished sufficiently and had repented. Apparently, some wanted a severe penalty. 
and then Second Corinthians 7 through 8. Paul feared that the excessive punishment might cause the offender to be overcome by inordinate grief. Therefore, he urged the church to affirm their love for him, and then whether you are obedient. Though they had accepted Paul's authority, they had yet to prove that they accepted it in all things. And then it says, no, take no advantage that will be taken by a forgiven brother needed to restore the fellowship. Then we go on to 13. I had no rest because of the wondering of how his severe letter had been received. And then the next one is who always leads us in the triumph in Christ. The picture here is of a Roman conqueror leading his captives in triumph. Paul gladly considers himself one of Christ's captives being led in triumph, but to the glory of Christ. And then uh, now 215 to 16. Similar to the incense burned in a Roman parade, the believer's service is in spreading the gospel as a sweet fragrance to the Lord. And the same gospel brings life to the believer and death to the rejecter. And then false teachers peddled the word for profit, whereas Paul had preached free of charge. Hmm. So they're still pet. They're still continuing today to preach. Anyway, I don't want to make that comment <laughs> anyway. So let's get on to read uh, this guy post. And I hope everybody's having a wonderful morning this morning, and God bless you. And I hope you're doing well and have the strength to carry on no matter what's going on. And let's see. Okay. I found this chapter. It's called You Can Climb Higher by George Sweeting of Chicago, Illinois. And here we go. God calls us to climb higher to pursue excellence. It takes hard work and constant commitment, but we can do it because God gives us the tools we need, faith and prayer. I learned how to use these tools when I was a boy. Not long after my dad arrived in this country in 1920 as a Scottish stonemason, America experienced the trauma of the Great Depression. For about five years, little construction went on in the United States. My father couldn't find work for three and a half of those years, so we all took any jobs we could find. I remember as a boy selling magazines and delivering milk every Friday night and all day Saturday for a dollar a day. Our family made paper flowers and sold them door to door just to get a quarter, 50 cents for a dollar. My parents put up our, our house for sale because we could not make the payments. As a family... We found the strength to keep going because we had faith that the Lord was in complete control and even in times of poverty and want. Mother would remind us, God is too good to be unkind and too wise to make mistakes. During our daily family prayer time, we found unity and renewed strength as we identified with humiliation and poverty of the children of Israel with their desert wanderings and their ultimate possession of the promised land. Eventually, building resumed and my dad got a job laying brick and went on to lead, it, lead in a significant company. But without his and our family's faith and trust in God, we never could have withstood the hard times of depression. Have faith. Little in this world is worthy of our complete trust. The stockholder who depends upon stocks to help him climb higher often learns that stocks go down as often and sometimes more frequently than up. Long ago, I made a decision to believe in God and Jesus rather than in the visible things of this world. One basic decision everyone must make for himself is, shall I believe in Jesus Christ? If you do this, you will have begun to walk in the path of excellence. 
Excellence can never be achieved without the Lord because the climbing higher is not just wishful thinking. It's the God's intention and a plan for us. The next decision in life is, am I willing to trust God no matter how impossible the situation seems, no matter how long my difficulties continue? Too often we have faith for the short run, but not for the long haul. We make it through the first few months of crisis. We become desperate by the fourth or fifth month. It's difficult to keep going when you're worried whether your spouse or child will live or die. No matter how hard you try to displace your doubts, but what if you die, become handicapped for life? What would I do? They rise to the surface to conquer such panic, which is really doubt grown larger until it turns into fear. Fear not, for I am with you. God's promises work now, just as they did in the Bible times when the Apostle Paul said, if God is with is for us, who can be against us? That was in Romans 8:31. Memorizing these words has helped me experience the strength that comes from understanding and believing in the promises of God. Don't quit. Another barrier to a faith that leads to excellence is tendency to quit. Recently, I rented a car to travel to a small town north of Indianapolis, Indiana. My friend had given me directions over the phone. I took this Route 70, as my friend instructed, rather than the Interstate 465, which was the rental agent told me to take. My friend had explained the 70 went straight across the city and ran to a 465 which circled the city and would add extra miles to my trip. However, as 25 minutes went by, there was still no sight of Innocent 465, and I began to doubt. That my, I heard my friend correctly. Highways began to turn to Louisville and to Columbus, Ohio. My friend had admitted that she didn't get to the city much, and I worried that maybe her, she wasn't right. I finally gave up and turned off the highway to ask directions. As usual, I wish I had trusted my friend's directions just a little bit longer. Only a few miles ahead, the 465 did join the 70. I had avoided circling the city by taking Route 70. I had to have some faith, but not quite enough. What mistakes did I make? First, I wondered if I understood my friends properly. This nagging feeling is a doubt similar to the questions of false theology when we all heard, did God really say that? Does he really mean that? And while we're thinking about it, we all know that the miracles of the Bible can be explained by natural phenomena. Furthermore, such miracles don't happen today. They were just for biblical times. Slowly, doubt creeps in and destroys faith because we do not trust God and his word in the scripture. Second, I question my friend's ability. We need to believe that God is able. Abraham had so much faith in God's power that he believed God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. See Hebrews 11:19. When we doubt God, we cut ourselves off from his help. Without faith, we cannot achieve excellence. The Christian life begins with faith in Jesus Christ, and we must continue by faith. In fact, without faith, it is impossible to please God. I can build a house without I cannot I can build a house without faith. I can marry without faith. I can earn a million dollars without faith, but it is impossible to please God without faith. The greatest challenge of the Christian life is to keep the faith until the end. Really, never give up. That's my big one. Anyway, keep on praying. When the Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago faced threats of rezoning the city, the local news reporters wasted no time in arriving at the 107-year-old mission to interview the superintendent, Harry Well, how do you feel about the Dutch guy to claim the mission is drawing undesirable to the South Loop? One reporter from a local news station trusts the microphone to the space and asked, so what are you going to do now? 
The white-haired man, his features and slight frame gnarled by rheumatoid arthritis and 80 years of living, didn't lash out or cite legal defense tactics. He didn't refer to the mission's outstanding contribution as a man rehabilitated from drugs and alcohol addiction. Instead, he replied, well, there's nothing I can do but pray. The future seemed bleak as he heard the planning board's threats, and they must have been magnified by the news reporters who badgered him with questions. But while his opposers descended on their prey, he descended to his knees to pray. What happened? Within a few weeks, the city dropped this case without any explanation. Alfred Tennyson once said, more things arise than this world dreams of. I agree, which gave me the chills. And so well-known leaders like D.L. Moody, who claimed every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. It's very important to the pursuit of excellence. Prayer enables us to achieve excellence because it changes the events of this world. Under persecution and pressure, he knew the choice was far too important to make without prayer. Pray specifically and wisely. We should determine what we really want from God. When I consult my doctor, I carefully prepare a list of questions so all my needs will be met. Why should a consultation with God be any different? Robert Cook told of a missionary who was evacuated during World War II from South Pacific Island. He was put in a freighter a zigzag through the enemy waters in its journey to safety. In the scope of an enemy submarine directly in front of the ship. Upon I learned to pray specifically, said the missionary. While the enemy was looking, looking over our ship, probably deciding whether to sink us, we prayed every inch of that sub. Lord, stop his motors, jam his torpedoes. Miraculously, the submarine submerged, never to be confronted again. Specific prayers can perform miracles as we pray for wisdom. On one of the programs the Moody Bible Institute's radio station was a cup of cold water. It is a prayer program which listeners are asked to pray for a specific person the entire week. They often send cards and letters to that person. Oh, that's beautiful. Early in June of 1981, listeners began praying for Barbara Kaminsky of Wheaton, Illinois. Barbara, 31, had multiple sclerosis and the young person's disease since she was 15. MS attacks the central nervous system and hardened tissue of the brain and the spinal cord. It is a result in paralysis and early death. When Barbara was in her late 20s, one lung collapsed and the other lung labored at half its potential and her bowels became dysfunctional. Thus, her case confirmed that rare, severe type of MS had attacked the body's organs. Barbara's breathing had become so difficult that doctors had to perform a tracheotomy. When a respirator was attached to the whole of her neck, her green eyes were useless, her legs were spindly and dangly, her arms and hands turned in and her body twisted. Tumors grew on her hands and feet, and poor Barbara was admitted as an outpatient at a nearby hospice. She and her family were preparing her to die. On the morning of June 7, 1981, Barbara's Aunt Ruth took her 450 cards and letters that had been mailed to their church by listeners. Almost all of the Rembrandt said they were praying for Barbara. After church service, two women also visited her and brought additional cards and letters with them. As Barbara talked with them, she sensed the Lord telling her, my child, get up and walk. I'm not sure what you're going to think about this, but the Lord just told me to get up and walk, she told her friend. 
Please run and get my family, she added. I want them to be here. But Barbara could not wait. She unhooked her oxygen supply and jumped out just as any healthy person would. Her once atrophy laid were normal again, and her legs, as well as her legs and arms, and she had been healed instantaneously. Barbara's doctor, Dr. Harold Adolph, confirmed her experience. The patient now was none of the findings of multiple sclerosis as well as normally and no pulmonary. Gosh, I just like crying over this. Since then, Barbara completed intensive study to become a registered for spent assisting surgeons in the same hospital and long-term care. The of the Kalinsky story seem to be God and Barbara, and they are. But what about the hundreds of people who prayed for Barbara and cursed her with letters and cards? They are dynamic participants. They answer God's call. We are the eyes of the Lord. He is looking the concerns of his people before him. You do not have to be a government leader or a well-known brand to achieve excellence. The quality of what's not your occupation. Prayer is necessary to excellence. It is a lifeline between earth and heaven. Any army is stranded without a shortwave radio, walkie-talkie, or computers, and God's army is no different. Prayer provides the instant communication and the ultimate power to enable us to accomplish his work here on earth been a lot to you as it did to me and I thank God for a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. I really appreciated that. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And thank you, Barbara, and all those who prayed for her. God bless you. And remember us to pray for each other as we go about in this world of strife. Let's pray for each other to hold it all together. Anyway, let's do our uh, closing prayer, the traditional prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening, and uh, please pray for us as we move about and uh, work and go through our illnesses and recover, and uh, God bless you all so much. In closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms so that you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. You are never alone. Remember, God loves you so much. May your best dreams come true and true love live in your heart. God bless you. Amen.